is the Homeschool Dad Podcast, episode number 12, test time. Well, hi, everybody. This is the Homeschool Dad Podcast, helping dads to help their homeschool families. I'm your host, Rick, and this is episode 12, test time, take three. Boy, talk about technical problems. I I record this... um, (laughs) <laughs> just a few minutes ago, a coffee cup ago, and uh, I'm playing it back to listen to the the quality, and I, I hear this tick, 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 tick. I'm going, what in the world is going on here? And I I kind of get mad and throw my headphones down, and it <laughs> turns out our fan, it's, it's I'm recording this in the bedroom today, and the, the our ceiling fan's got one of those little hangy ball things on it, you know, you yank the, the thing in the night, <laughs> and it's smacking against the glass, and Turns out there's a little tick in my room that I wasn't aware of. You know, I sleep in this room, and I, I never paid attention to that. It's, I guess it's one of those sounds, kind of like a clock that you get used to. And so uh, I didn't have any problem with it until I was listening to the playback, and I realized, man, that sounds horrible. So <laughs> we're starting again. had another problem earlier. I first started by I plugged in the, the microphone into the ear jack and the ear jack into the microphone jack. I couldn't figure out why, why I couldn't hear myself. Duh. You know, just one of those moments. This is a great homeschooling day for me. Um, this is the Homeschool Dad Podcast. I want to welcome everybody and especially all the, the guys that have been added in the last week. Um, had a great week. I actually took the day off today. Today's uh, Friday. Uh, 24th, I guess it is. Didn't even look at my watch today. Yeah, it's 24th. And... Um, Took the day off and just stayed home and uh, slept in a little bit and got up and, and spent some time with the kids and, you know, watched their schooling. Wasn't really participatory. Um, you know, every now and then Mary would, would say something and she'd ask a question that had to do with, um, you know, current events where she's doing a thing on uh, French history and the French Revolution. And we talked about, you know, our relationship with France today as a country. And uh, it was kind of fun, you know, need to be a part of all of the different things that are going on. And, uh, you know, as I record this thing, Friday 318 right now, we're going to be knocking off pretty school, pretty soon, and uh, we're going to dig into a new book. Uh, I'm going to be doing The Belgariot, so that'll be kind of fun. I've I've not read it. Everybody else in the family's read it, and I think there's five books in the series. And it's a long series, kind of like The Lord of the Rings from what I gather right now. Um, you know, lots of uh, elves and dwarfs and things probably, but uh, I don't know. I may be way off on that, Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start reading that series tonight. Well, this week I'm going to talk about something that's kind of near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to start by talking about something that I'm sure that almost all of you guys are going to disagree with, and uh, that's okay. We we can agree to disagree. Uh, You guys can absolutely, you have your right to be wrong. Uh, I'm in favor of mandated testing of all homeschooled students. <laughs> uh, and when I say mandated, I mean, you know, let's make sure that it's done, and if there's not, there's a punishment or something. Uh, now, I know that most of you guys come into the homeschool community enjoy the freedom from government interference. We certainly do. We retain the Homeschool Legal Defense Alliance to ensure our rights are protected, and I don't want the school district to inspect our books unless the state law requires it. I don't want my kids taking classes that they're forced to um, that we don't agree with. Um you know, but I would absolutely be in favor of some kind of mandated law to test uh, students, all students, because we're now in the spotlight, guys. I mean, homeschoolers are in the spotlight, and we've got to do our best. The kids left and right are winning these national spelling bees and geography bees and stuff. They're always homeschool kids, almost always. And and people are starting to really take notice. But, you know, for every good student out there, there's there's going to be that kid that, 
it's just they're just not doing it right. And it makes the rest of us look really bad. And here's the deal. I listened to a podcast a few months ago featuring a girl who was non-schooled. And if you've never paid any attention, non-schooled, the concept of non-schooling is you pull a kid out of school and you don't do anything with them. And if they want to sleep until noon, great. Watch TV all day, great. And at some point, they're going to get bored with this and they're going to crack a book or they're going to desire to take up some kind of skill and they're going to turn out wonderful. Well, you know what? It was a great experiment in the 60s. Failed massively. I actually was part of a class, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade, uh, where one of the teachers uh, from San, came up from San Francisco and he was going to teach this method and the teacher got fired like in the third week. And, you know, it just doesn't work. Kids left to their own devices are going to be lazy, and they're not going to do anything. And, um, you know, we need to have some kind of structure. Well, this girl actually turned out, it worked out good for her, and I'm glad for her. She actually became a, a doctor of some kind, a psychologist. She had to learn to read. She picked a vocation where she didn't have to know much math. And, uh, you know, she's the exception to the rule. The, the vast majority of these non-school kids are totally ignorant. And, you know, and so what does that say for the homeschooled? You know, people do not see homeschooling and non-schooling as different. And it is. It's day and night different. Uh, the homeschool typically has structured classes, uh, a curriculum, lesson plans. The, the kids are getting, you know, more education typically than the average publicly schooled or privately schooled student. The non-schooled gets nothing. And people see, oh, that's the kid that's in the house and he's not in school, so he must be like that girl who sits around watching TV all day long. And they don't know the difference. They don't know what's going on here. So we want to put our best foot forward. And, and I'm, I'm just a real big fan of having some kind of structured testing to make sure that we're doing it right. You know what you're doing. Your friends know what you're doing. But does the world know? Well, then you say, well, is it necessary the world knows? Yeah, it's necessary because we want to make sure that, that we continue to have these freedoms. We want to be able to say, look, we're doing it right. We're, we're putting a lot of effort into this. And let me prove it to you. Here's my test scores. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of beating on this. Um, freedom from government education uh, gives many students uh, a lot of great freedom. But the results aren't really known until the kids graduate. And sometimes that's going to be too late. I know of two homeschool families who are raising their children in total ignorance. Uh, half these kids don't appear capable of counting change at McDonald's. The other half, they're great kids, but they're just totally ignorant. And they're never going to hold down any kind of job, I suspect. I may be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, I, I just look at these families, and it just scares me to death. Their parents have the right to raise them this way, but I think that the kids have a right to a good education. Now, I know that the majority of you guys are going to disagree with this, but stop and think about it. Do we want to keep this side of our movement? Movement quiet. Here's where I'm coming from. A couple of years ago, we started talking about homeschooling. Uh, a couple dozen years ago, uh, I wasn't immediately in favor of it. I didn't want to homeschool when we first started talking about it. I didn't know what it was. Uh, first, I didn't know anything about it and thought my wife had gone hippie on me. I was sure she's going to wear tie-dye dresses next and braid her hair funny and listen to you know weird music. But I didn't understand what, where was she coming from? Why is she talking about doing this? You know, I had a really great public school experience. My wife was valedictorian in a huge school. So it obviously worked well for her too. But as we started looking into it, I realized, you know, times are different and we need to do something different. The biggest concern wasn't socialization, but as academic excellence. I want to make sure our kids were going to get a good education. And so I made a deal with Mary that we would test the kids each year, and if their grades ever fell below the average of their peers, that we would look into other means of education. And so 
year after year, we look at the test scores and we reaffirm the decision that we made 12 years ago. We say, yeah, it was the right thing to do. Our kids, you know, academic excellence. They're, they're way above their peers and that's exactly what we're looking for. And there's a couple of areas, you know, uh, that we want to look at the progress from year to year. And that, that's actually where we, we look more importantly. Not that our child is in the 95 percentile, meaning, you know, the very, very top, but we're more concerned with, okay, last year your reading level was at an age 11 and this year it's at, a, at an age 11 and a half. That's not a big progress. Okay, so we want to make sure that there's an adequate progress as well as we look at those test scores. Now, you may not agree with me, and that's fine. If you are homeschooling, making sure, though, that you do it with excellence. Uh, we're called to excellence in all that we do, and this charge of homeschooling is much more important than just about anything else that we do. So here's where I make my plea, fellas. Make sure that your students are getting a great education. Now, the second area of testing comes in the regular weekly or the unit tests. Your wife is probably the one who administers these tests, but you need to work with her to ensure that these scores are what they should be. If you see that a child is struggling with a subject, this gives you the opportunity to make some changes. Little changes on a regular basis are a lot easier than a big change at the end of the year. This is largely how it is for most public schoolers and a lot of the private schools. The only time most parents are aware of how the student is doing is when they get the report card at the end of the year or the semester. And by then, it's too late. The, the damage is done. Now, popular author John Trent recently released a book called Two Degrees of Change. The book is based on the premise that little changes are easy, but big changes are not. Uh, think about a boat that's leaving San Diego, heading to Hawaii. The captain sets course and heads out. Without any course corrections along the way, he ties the, the wheel down so that it can't move. You know what? Just a two-degree difference uh, of, of his course, he's not going to see the island at all. But that's not how things are. He's constantly making corrections. Why? You know, he set his course correctly in the beginning, but things happen. Well, there's wind, there's currents, you know, the, the weather changes things so that it, it pushes the ship a little bit off one way or another. And so he's constantly having to make little corrections to make sure that he's headed to where he needs to be. And this is what, how it should be with us. We need to make these little course corrections, and that's what these weekly tests do for us. We can look at these tests and say, you know what, this, this child isn't grasping what we're trying to teach. Why is that? And you know what? It may not be the child. It may be, and it, but it may be, <laughs> but it may be the curriculum you're using. It may be the teaching style that you're using. Uh, there's so many things that, that affect how we learn. Um, let me give you an example in, in differences in my wife and I and how we learn. Uh, when we were in college, she studied best in the library. It was quiet, and when I wasn't there to bug her, she was there to study without distraction and would do great. And she would just pour over her notes and do whatever it is that she did there, and she got you know, straight A's. It worked for her. But I'm the exact opposite, totally different person. I need distraction. I would study with the TV on, headphones on, uh, my favorite music really loud. I'd have people coming in and out of my dorm room eating pizza, spontaneous breaks to go play basketball or soccer or whatever it might be, you know, any excuse to just stop and and, and I would stay at all hours of the night. It was commonplace for 2, 3 o'clock in the morning me to be studying. Yeah, you know, my wife would be a bit asleep at 10 o'clock, I suppose. Um, 
we just had different styles, but it's what worked for us. Well, we all have those styles that we like. As an adult now, I love lecture. I hated it when I was a kid, but I love lecture. And and we do these video series by uh, Dr. George Grant, and it's it's a worldview kind of thing. Really excellent series, by the way. A little pricey, but I recommend you guys pick it up if, you, if you're looking to do worldview. He's entertaining and he's educational. And when we put on the video, I watch it and just enjoy it. I sit in my recliner, grab a cup of coffee, and just watch it. It's fantastic. My wife, you know, just who she is, she's got to pull out a notebook and start taking notes. I have a child who usually grabs a lump of clay and starts sculpting something. He likes to work with his hands while he's watching. Another one who sketches, and he sketches something, whatever Dr. Grant might be talking about. Another one who's taking notes. They all have different styles. When we do a review of the lecture, we find that all of them are learning at about the same level for their age. So they're catching it. They're just the freedom of, of kind of learning how they want to in that particular environment. By examining test scores, it also gives a lot, it takes a lot of the pressure off the kids. For instance, the yearly exams are not really a test to show what they've learned. It's to show how well they've been taught. Do you see the subtle difference? I think the kids know that a lower than expected score might not reflect on them as much as the curriculum or the teaching style, and we make those adjustments. This was the case with our math program. We started with one very well-known national company. We moved to another, and we finally settled on a great math program that's for all ages, uh, up, I think, through algebra. And uh, since that switch, we've never really had a problem with math. Kids love going in to do the math video. It's a videotape, so I think it's 10, 15 minutes, something like that, and there's no book that goes along with it. And typically what we do is uh, we don't do TV at our home, uh, but we do have a couple of monitors that we use. And so, you know, if the kids are mass, uh, massing out into the living room and doing their studying out there, or there's a lecture or some discussion going on, and uh, one of the kids needs to do the, the math portion, they know what time it is. They bring their video. They sit down here in the in the bedroom where we've got a, a, a TV set with a DVD, a VHS thing, and it's just for that. It's just so that they can sit in here in peace and quiet, and they can go through their math program. It's excellent. Now, this isn't to say that there was anything wrong with the other programs. They just weren't for us. Uh, English, same thing. We change almost yearly with our English. We keep finding better things and some great, great stuff. And, and our kids are, are writing better and their, their English skills are getting so much better. Um, no offense to the others that are out there. We just found something that's given us exactly what we're looking for. And you'll find the same thing if you look around. So how do we put this into practice? Well, take 10 minutes on Saturday morning when you're having breakfast alone with your wife and review the week. Pay attention to the test scores. See if there might be changes that need to be made. Give your kids yearly tests that are scored by an outside company so that you can validate your homeschooling and make changes if necessary. You really won't regret it. Well, now a few uh, little news and notes. Uh, first, I put up a blog that I'm updating or going to try to update on a daily basis. I just put it up yesterday, uh, yesterday, day before. And uh, I've got another blog that's all over the place, political, technical, stuff like that. This is going to be just for homeschooling dads. Uh, check it out, thehomeschooldad.thedigitallife.net. Uh, it's really early. It's in its transition phases. If you were to go right this moment, look at it, come back in three hours, you're going to see something totally different probably. Uh, I'm changing the interface and doing a lot of really different things with it. Now, this blog site was developed because of a comment from Dennis in Texas. And Dennis sent a great note about being challenged by the website. Now, I love to know that people are, are being challenged, but I was also challenged by something that he wrote. Dennis said that he was having problems downloading Episode 6. Well, guys, the host that I use only allows me to save the last five to six episodes. That means that when I add an episode, that I have to delete one. 
And well, the good news is that I've retained all of the previous episodes and I've uploaded them to the new site. And I'll be working over the next uh, couple of weekends, actually, as soon as I get done with this, uh, to make the archives available. Now, they won't be something that you can subscribe to like a podcast. Uh, still do it like you're doing it right now through iTunes. But I will include directions if anybody needs any help saving them as MP3 files and, and moving them over to their devices. That's it for the week. Next week, we're going to talk about art and Dad's perspective on art. Uh, Give me a call. 206-888-4464 is our call-in line for voicemail. Or email me at thehomeschooldad at gmail.com. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, guys. See you later.